Welcome to the Twinkle Training Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name's Simeon. I was a teacher for eight years. I was a maths lead and RE lead, but the absolute highlight of my career for me was getting to work with trainee teachers and help them begin their careers on the right foot. Now we've got a very special show for you here today. I'm being joined by the rest of the trainee teachers and ECTs team, and we're going to be doing a special show designed for anyone who's starting teacher training this year. Now, just before we jump in, I'd like to remind you of how you can get in touch with us. You can find us on the following social media channels. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash twinkletraineeteachers. On Twitter or X, you can find us at traineetwinkle. On Instagram, we're on instagram.com slash twinkletraineeteachers, all one word. Pinterest is the same, pinterest.co.uk slash twinkletraineeteachers. We're on TikTok at Twinkle Trainee Teachers, and you can find us on our new YouTube channel at Twinkle Trainee Teachers ECTs. And this podcast, you'll be able to find it on most podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music. Okay, so very exciting time. It's getting near the end of summer and uh, we're going to do a special podcast for anyone who's starting their teacher training. So with me today, we've got Hannah from the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs team. Hey, Hannah. Hi, Simeon. Thanks for having us today. Um, Just anyone who doesn't know who I am, I'm the segment manager for the trainees and ECTs team here at Twinkle. But before that, I was a primary school teacher working predominantly in Key Stage 1, but also experiencing Key Stage 2. So, yeah, more than happy and excited to be here to help you go into the classroom feeling confident in September. And we also have a new member of staff you won't have had on the podcast before. Um, So thank you for coming on, Matisha. Hi, everyone. I'm Matisha and I'm the newest member of the team. Um, I was teaching in primary schools for seven years before I joined Twinkle. And now I run the YouTube channel and the Facebook groups. And I'm really excited to be here today. Well, thank you so much both for coming on. So what I thought we'd do today is I've compiled some questions that I've seen people ask on our social media channels and I've seen frequently come up online. Now, obviously, it's a bit different depending on which training route you're going down, but we'll do our best to answer these common questions, give our advice and hopefully help you feel a bit more confident before you start your training. So the first question I want to get into is what will my first few weeks of training look like? And obviously that's going to be a bit different depending on which route you're going down. Yeah, I think regardless of which route you're going down, the first few weeks and the first few days in particular will be kind of giving you a lot of information. You'll be having introductions with your lecturers, tutors, staff at the schools, if you're doing a schools direct. And you'll also be getting kind of timetables and, and your lecturers and your tutors will want to make sure that you're well equipped with all the inf- all the information you need to get you on the right track for starting your placements, really. Yeah, I would say the same. Your initial weeks will probably look like introductions. And when you're in school, you'll probably be observing classes and gradually taking on more teaching responsibilities under your mentor's guidance. And you'll probably also start getting to know the school as well. So if you're in you, taking a university route, You'll be attending lectures and seminars and getting an overview of what your course is probably going to start looking like. 
I think the word overview is really good one there because I think the one thing that I took when I was doing my PGCE at university was we were given a lot of key dates in the first couple of weeks so things such as deadlines for assignment which is a really important one to note down and when your school placements will take place because you have the two main placements so I think those were the two kind of key dates out of the information that I was given that I thought was important to write down in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, we were all PGC route, weren't we? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I remember it was a while ago for me now, but those first couple of weeks were really kind of about getting your deadlines in order, knowing what assignments you needed, um, learning how to check out books, meeting your tutor group, meeting all, all the tutors and people who would support you and kind of learning a lot about pedagogy. Um, so I, I did a little bit of research on skits because obviously that's something none of us have experienced. And while you will go into school fairly quickly, they're not going to expect you to start teaching right away. It's going to be a lot of lesson observation. I've seen some courses do kind of two weeks of intensive study and prep before you go into school, but it depends on the course. Uh, Either way, you don't have to worry about being thrown in at the deep end. No, I think that's a really important point, Simeon. Um, Yeah, obviously all routes are completely different, but you're new to it regardless of which route that you're starting to go down so they can't expect you to be an expert straight away so don't be overwhelmed and think that they're going to expect you to start teaching straight away like Simeon said because you're completely new at this and they they understand that and they're going to want to teach you and help you to be the best that you can be. Yeah. Uh, One other thing I thought of is there can be quite a few pedagogical terms that come up And, you know, don't be freaked out by that. You'll pick them up as you go. And quite soon they become second nature. But I I remember that at the start of my course thinking, oh, what's that? What's that? And having to keep checking my notes. Yeah, like you say, Simeon, don't be afraid to ask questions because everyone's there for the same reason, because you're new and you want to learn to teach. So chances are you're going to be asking a question that everybody else is thinking anyway. So you're best off to to ask those questions in and, and get stuck in from the from the get-go, really, so you understand those terms as you go throughout. Yeah, and maybe get a crib sheet for those. We, we actually have a really good um, glossary of pedagogical terms on site you can look at. I'll put that in the, in the link for this episode. So you two will probably be much more help with this next question than me. Uh, how do you get organised? I think for me personally, I really, really loved having a diary or a planner because that really helped with key dates, not only with university and doing the PGC, it was also just when I was in school as well, because schools have so many different things going on. And, you know, you want to make sure that you know what's going on as well so you can plan in advance. So to get organized, definitely get yourself a diary or a planner for sure. Yeah, I was the same as Matisha. I wrote three things down and my first one was invest in a really good planner. Um, I think that's the most important thing you can do. And in particular, I would go for, a, I can't remember how it is, like where you've got a view per day. So you've got like a page per day because there'll be a lot of notes and things you want to write down within the first couple of weeks. So make sure you've got plenty of room in your diary or planner to, to write down the information that you need. Another one before you start your training as well. So if you're going into university in September, you can always email your provider before you start to see if you've got a suggested reading list. That way you can start gathering information and start reading up on the topic. So you've got a little bit more of an idea before you go into uni as well. 
And another big one for me that I found really helpful was joining social media groups, specifically for trainee teacher and PGC students. It's great to be a part of a community and you'll find that really important as you go through your training. It's nice to have friends who are going through the same experiences as you so you can kind of you're all going through the same thing at the same time no questions a silly question you're all in the same boat so yeah those would be the three things I would probably suggest those are really helpful um yeah I I remember I just had notebooks everywhere when I was on the PGC I even had like a tiny notebook I could fit in my pocket when I was at school um the thing that helped me the most was a calendar and planning my assignments out ahead of time. So if I had like a 2000 word assignment, I'd give myself four weeks before that assignment and think, right, I'm going to write 500 words a week. And then a week before that, where I thought, okay, that, this is where I'll do my reading. And that really helped. But um, that I would be dishonest saying if that's something I thought of a, a, a very nice person told me that tip and I, I adopted it. So what about staying on top of coursework? So that that's my good coursework tip, sort of a calendar. Do you guys have any other top tips for dealing with coursework? Just following on from what you said, Simeon, obviously you did the 500 words per week leading up to your assignment. Um, I was kind of the same because um, obviously when you're on, you're doing a PGC in particular, there may be times when an assignment's due whilst you're on your placement. So from my personal experience, getting ahead of the assignment before the placement began helped me feel more in control of the workload. So kind of I went through my assignment and bullet pointed it out. So I knew exactly what I was going to talk about and when. And then the same as Simeon started filling out little sections here and there when I had some spare time so that I didn't feel completely overwhelmed whilst I was on placement. And I could put all of my energy and focus into that placement. So, yeah, my top tip would be kind of getting ahead of the game as well and trying to write your assignments, price placements, if that's a possibility. I completely agree. Like from my experience as well, I would like kind of break it up into manageable steps. So, again, if you're on placement whilst you have a assignment due, then you've kind of prepared for it beforehand. And also I found that being on placement when I had an assignment was actually quite helpful because you can get a lot of advice from teachers and mentors and that sort of thing as well. So I would definitely try and um, prepare beforehand as well, as Hannah said. This might just be a me thing, but we used to do kind of social essay writing as in a few of us would go to the library together at the same time, kind of do an hour of writing and then go have a coffee or something together. So it's it was a nice thing. But because we were all together, you couldn't sort of leave early and uh, you actually had to sit there and do the work. So that, that worked well for me, but I think it depends what you like doing. Yeah, I think that's a really great idea. Like I say, it's kind of keeping that social, that social life alive as well, isn't it? Kind of having those study groups and having people to talk to, it kind of makes the task a little less tedious, I suppose, and kind of having something to work towards, like you said, Simeon, even if it's something as simple as a coffee, just knowing that once you've done that hour of study time or revision, then you can go and reward yourself with with something it's just quite nice to have something to work towards i think isn't it yeah absolutely okay so this one's changed since i did my training so um way back when um we used to have the skills tests where you'd have to do your skills test and i passed my entire course and left the skills test to like the very last thing i did which was a really bad idea because it put so much pressure on it uh, but we also had the uni 
would do kind of maths and English checks with us as well. And that's that's what the system is now. Your uni should do some, or training provider should do some kind of skills check with you to make sure your maths and English, and I believe science as well, are up, up to snuff for being a teacher. So um, what would you guys do to prepare for those? Well, you'll be, you won't be surprised to know that I did mine as soon as I possibly could, Simeon. I like to be organised. Um, Very sensible. No, yeah. To be honest with you, it was kind of, I had to have passed my, my, my tests before I actually went to uni because the university that I went to didn't do internal tests. So I had to have my maths and English tests done prior to starting the course. Um, so yeah, that was that was stressful, but we got them done and we did we got the job done. Um, but yeah, just just making sure that you're well prepared for them. The revision is obviously super important. I actually found it really useful going back through kind of old SATs tests and things. Um, yeah, just getting an idea of what's on the curriculum now, what I would need to know, and there's also online tests that you can do as well for free where you can kind of test your knowledge and you can look back through what you did well on and what you didn't do well on during that test and you can revise the certain parts that you maybe weren't so strong on. So I think the online tests is a really good way of being prepared. I was in the same boat as you, Hannah. I had to do my tests before I um, started the PGCE because my university, that was a requirement from them. Um, I did the exact same thing. I would go through the Key Stage 2 SATs papers, um, the ones that were available online. And I did actually find some practice papers too. And speaking to other teachers as well who had done the tests, that was really valuable to find out what was on them and what it was like and any tips that they had. That's really good advice. Um, The other thing I would say is don't panic if it goes wrong. So we had a really tough maths test at our uni and a load of people didn't pass it, myself included. And if that happens, what you have to do is you have to do a viva. So um, you'll do like a one-to-one session with a couple of tutors and kind of explain your knowledge. And I, I showed up for this thing thinking there were going to be like three or four other people doing it. And there was about 100. There was a queue out the door because they just made the test really hard that year. Really don't worry too much about it. The university want you to pass. They'll do everything they can to support you. And if something does go wrong on the test one day, you will have opportunities to put it right later. So let's move on to something. Oh, this is one of my favorite things. Let's move on to something a bit cheerier. Uh, What can you do to make friends and build your support network? I think definitely take advantage of social media because there are so many people in the same boat as you and you might not realise it. And, you know, our Facebook groups are great as well. And just generally Instagram, Twitter, you'll meet so many people who are in the exact same boat as you doing a very similar course to you, having the same experiences as you. So definitely join those groups and get talking to people. And also in school as well, you can just, you know, start talking to people like and getting their point of views on things and their experiences. And that will really help you as well. Yeah, I completely agree with what Matisha's just said that I took advantage of Facebook communities, Instagram communities, but there's so many out there now. I mean, Teacher Talk is such a massive community on TikTok. I mean, yeah, there's just so much out there now for teachers, new teachers and those who want to be teachers. So I think it's really important to kind of research kind of what groups are out there. Um, Forums as well, teacher forums, I think are really important for asking questions. You can get really good answers and support from people who are in the same boat as you. 
And also make friends on your course, make a conscious effort to talk to people on your course um, because they'll be there they'll be your lifeline throughout your training as well as beyond. I'm still really good friends with some of the, some of the girls and that I was close with on my teacher training because they're the only ones at that time that know exactly what you're going through. You can talk to your friends and family outside of uni as much as you want, but I just think you have that special connection with the people that you run your course with. So yeah, I would definitely make a conscious effort to talk to people who you're actually in university or on placement with as well. Cause you can just be to the sanity at certain times, I think, during your teacher training. So it's really important to kind of make those connections. Yeah, I completely agree. And just taking the time to kind of go for a drink with people or go for eat lunch with people, that kind of thing. Do some social things um, because you'll probably end up talking about your course anyway and sharing tips and kind of what you're up to. And sometimes those are the things where someone says, oh, maybe we should do a study group for this. And before you know it, you've got a group of friends all helping each other study or someone's come up with a really good way of handling this assignment. And it really can be an amazing thing how much little things like going for a drink can build your support network. Um, How do you make a good impression at your placement school? That's a really good one, Simeon. I think for me, making prior contact with the school before I start my placement would be a really big one. It just makes a really good impression that you're eager to kind of go there and learn and you're really excited to do so. So just little things like asking questions about the class that you're going to be teaching. Is there anything that you can prepare for? And just making that initial contact shows that you're really interested and excited in kind of go into their school so I think that would make a really good impression and just on on the first day of your placement arrive early to speak to other members of staff even those that you won't be directly working with the caretaker reception staff just all of those relationships and making a good impression because schools talk (laughs) schools talk everybody knows everything about everybody so making those connections with people that you wouldn't necessarily be in contact with all of the time it just makes a nice it just makes for a nice environment I would say and yeah in particular your class teacher and your mentor it's really important to kind of establish those positive relationships with those from the outset so you feel comfortable and confident talking to them about anything that you that you may need to. A hundred percent agree with you Hannah as in I would definitely try and make contact with the school and get to know the school as well and you know there's so much that you can find out from the school website as well but Show how excited you are by sending an email or, you know, calling up the school, talking to different members of members of the team as well in your year group or in your key stage or just anyone in the school, like Hannah said. And also um, seek feedback as well. Once you start to it's just like you're always learning as a teacher. And I think like getting feedback on things that you're doing will really help you and will show that you're willing to improve your teaching strategies and that sort of thing. So definitely, definitely just communicate as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing to bear in mind is as soon as you go into a school, have in your head that this could be my future employer. So you really need to have your work head on in a place like that. You really need to be dressing professionally, speaking professionally, and um, putting your best foot forward in that sense. It doesn't mean you can't be yourself and let people get to know you. But if in doubt, I would always err on the side of being more professional, especially when you're starting at school. And then you can loosen up a bit as you find out what's acceptable at the school. It's much better to start going in a little bit too smart and then you can be more casual later, I think. Right. So 
um, oh, this is a really common concern. So if someone's concerned about managing behavior, what could they do to build their confidence? Yeah, that's a really good one because that was one that I was absolutely terrified of when I was doing my teacher training is behavior management because you're essentially going in and taking over somebody else's class for a couple of weeks or months. So I think it's a really complex process. And as a trainee, it can be difficult at times, but there's a lot of strategies that you can use to kind of improve your behavior management techniques and build confidence along the way. So I'd say the first one that I would suggest is building up a rapport with your students. When students feel appreciated, they're more likely to talk to you about the problems they have and focus on achieving the goals. So I think the first thing you should do when you're going on placement is spend a little bit of time getting to know the students. There's so many activities and icebreakers that you can do. And we have a lot on the Twinkle site as well that you can download just to kind of get to know them. How do they learn best? And just getting to know, just knowing those little things about them, I think will really help form those positive relationships. I agree with you, Hannah, as well. And and just remember that confidence grows with experience. So even if things seem really hard at the beginning, it's not always going to be like that. Um, A key thing that I did was I tried to observe as much as I could. So every teacher has different strategies when it comes to behavior. So you just kind of have to find what works for you and works for the class and the children that you're working with. But definitely um, observe like what the current class teacher is doing and kind of strategies that they might have in place in the classroom and kind of adhere to those. And um, also, if you're finding it really difficult, then just talk to your mentor and see if there's anything else that can be put in place. Completely agree with what you're saying there, Matisha, about observing other teachers. I think that's probably the most valuable thing that you can do in terms of behavior management. And you'll quickly pick up on what works well and what doesn't maybe work so well. And you can adapt those strategies to work with your class. Uh, I would also maybe say be consistent is really important. It makes you reliable. Yeah, and gives your students clarity on what they can expect. I think it helps the students feel more secure that they understand your expectations of them, which essentially benefits everybody. Just even little things like introducing a rewards system, such as a rewards chart, celebrating positive behavior rather than focusing on the bad and modeling positive behavior model what you expect from the children and make sure that you do it yourself so you're not having kind of got those double standards but yeah I think being consistent is extremely key those are great tips um I think this is this is kind of something that people pick up more as they go but I've noticed sometimes trainee teachers when they're observing early on they don't see this so what I'm talking about is looking for the stuff that's kind of going on below the surface. So, for example, the seating plan, how the teacher's gaining the attention of the class, how children are moving around the class, how has the teacher designed the lesson so there aren't big awkward pauses while stuff is being handed out, um, how much time are they leaving for work to be collected at the end and for plenaries and things, because a lot of behaviour management also comes down to kind of time management, how things are positioned around the classroom and how engaging your lesson is because if children are interested and there's stuff for them to do, they're much less likely to misbehave. So it's kind of this whole tapestry of stuff that goes together that you'll pick up as you go. But if you start observing with that in mind, I think you'll pick it up more quickly, if that makes sense. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Simeon, with the time management. Because again, that's something that I didn't think of when I was d- started my teacher training. I was so focused on the lesson at hand 
that I'd forget about leaving that five, 10 minutes at the end of a lesson to kind of tidy up, get packed up. And then that stressed me out, which then reflected onto the children. They could see I was stressed out. So then everything just kind of became a big mess. So also, like Simeon said, make sure you've got an eye on a clock at all times. And these are all things that are done under the surface as a teacher. So yeah, I think invest in a good watch or make sure you've got a got a big clock in the classroom as well because I think that can really, really affect your behaviour management, like Simeon said. Yeah, and the, the other thing that I learned early on that really helped me was you get more of what you focus on. So obviously you do need to challenge bad behaviour if it's happening, but if you can focus on the people doing the right thing, you'll get more people doing the right thing. I'm going to jump a question because I think we've kind of covered it because um, we're getting pretty near the end. So we'll do two more questions, okay? So what essential supplies do people need for teacher training? Can I just say one thing for sure? A pencil case, just have the stationary. It's so, so important. So, you know, just keep like the essentials in there, pens, pencils, post-it notes, a glue stick for sure because they always go missing. Yeah, definitely, I would say um, stationary and um, just kind of what I used to keep in my bag was just like resources that you may need. So, you know, it could be like, uh, I don't know, like holding activities. You could just like have a little folder in your in your bag that you might need. So like you could have just master copies that you can go and photocopy if you need it. You just don't know when you're going to need a certain resource. So you could just keep some backup stuff in your bags. Yeah, I completely agree with what Matisha's just said. A good planner is an essential stationery. Like Matisha said, it doesn't matter how much you try, things go missing when you're in schools. Um, glue sticks are like gold dust. You'll soon come to realise that. So just having one of everything in a pencil case that you have for emergencies, I think is really important. I really benefited from keeping my placement files separate from my university files. So I invested in three good files. I had one for assignments and university based things, one for my first placement and one for my second placement, just so I can kind of keep those things separate. And like Matisha said, you start building up a portfolio of resources as you go through your teacher placement. So keeping all of those in a file as well. So you, like Matisha said, they're on hand to photocopy if you need. Just, yeah, files, I would say as well as a really important one. I would also say books from your provider's suggested reading list. These don't have to be bought brand new because they can be extremely expensive. They can be bought secondhand online or also borrowed from either the university library or your local library may have copies of them as well. Um, yeah, so those would be my suggestions. Yeah, I think those are great suggestions. Yeah, for me, it's probably a safe thermos that you can have around and drink out of without worrying you're going to spill it. The, the only other thing I'd say is you probably, if you're working in a primary school, you want clothes that are cheap, durable, look nice, but not too nice because they will get ruined. Completely with you on that one, Simeon. My school boy ever when I was on placement was I thought I'd be really smart and wear a pair of Vivian Westwood pumps on my first day of placement, which had no rubber left on by the end of my first week. And I did cry myself to sleep. I'm not oh. going to lie. So don't, <laughs> smart shoes, but not expensive shoes, I would definitely say, because you don't realise how much you kneel and walk around on your knees on the carpet, yeah. going from table to table. So yeah, I had no knees left in my tights and no rubber on the front of my shoes. So don't invest in it an expensive clothes it's really not worth it i knew someone who wore ugg boots new ugg boots to reception yeah, yeah i know <laughs> poor, poor them all right last question and this is a big question can i have a good work-life balance in a teacher training year 
I think you can if you are organized. Um, I think you need to prioritize your tasks. So, you know, when it comes to being on placement and, you know, and when you have assignments like we spoke about earlier on is kind of being prepared and, you know, preparing for your assignments if you know they're coming up. That's where an academic diary comes in really well because you've got it, you'll have your dates planned out. And I think also to just practice a little bit of self-care when you do have time, maybe on the weekend to try and maintain a healthy work-life balance. And I think that, I think if you start as you mean to go on, I think hopefully that you will be able to maintain a good work-life balance in your training year. Yeah, I completely agree with what Matisha just said there. I think it is possible to have a healthy work-life balance during your training year. If you manage your assignments well, ask for help from mentors and tutors when you need to and set boundaries, make time to enjoy yourself away from your studies. Even if it's just simple things like seeing friends, taking up a hobby, just anything that gives you enjoyment. The important thing from self-care is doing something that provides an escape and an escape from your studies in particular. So I think if you're well organized, get ahead of the game, prioritize tasks that need prioritizing and yeah make sure you make some time for yourself I think that's really important because you will burn out if you don't do that so I think it's extremely extremely important yeah completely agree those are really good bits of advice and the only thing I'd add is trainee teachers really care and really want to do a good job in my experience and they can be very excited about all these new things, but you've just got to watch how much time you're spending on it. So an example would be, say you get your first display to put up and you really want to make it good. And then you spend like three and a half hours making it perfect. Well, you know, that that's great. And it will look nice in your folder, but could you have done it in an hour and it would have might not have looked as amazing but it still would have been a perfectly good display that anyone in a primary school would have been happy with so it's just things like that yeah i think that's something you learn along the way as well isn't it simeon like your first display gosh i remember mine took hours and i was so proud of it and then as the placements went on they still looked great but maybe didn't spend quite as much time on the little fiddly bits that maybe weren't necessary if that makes sense so you can still make them look great just in not as much time. I think that's a skill that you'll pick up along the way. Yeah, it gets better with time. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a curmudgeon and say you can't enjoy putting up your first display because it's, it is very special. But my thing is you've got to find a balance where you're happy with it and it hasn't taken your entire afternoon. Definitely, because there's so much you need to fit into your teacher training year. You really need to kind of prioritise tasks and concentrate on the things that are the most important because – There'll be so much you can do, but yeah, it's really important to prioritise those tasks that are going to look good in your folder and meet the evidence of the teacher standards and things like that. So everything else, if you enjoy it, fantastic, do it, but make sure you prioritise the important things first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we'll leave it there. I'd like to say thank you so much to everyone who's listening and the absolute best of luck with your placements and your training this year. If you need anything at all, please do reach out to us on our social media channels. So Hannah runs our TikTok and Instagram. Tisha runs our Facebook and YouTube. And I run Twitter and Pinterest. Please do reach out to us. We love taking your questions and hopefully we can help you. If you'd like to appear on the podcast, reach out to me. I'd love to have some current trainee teachers come on, especially if you're doing the skit, actually, because I don't think we've had someone from the skits on the show. Anyway, best of luck this year and goodbye, everyone.
Good luck, everyone. Bye. Good luck, everyone. Bye.